morning, Turks and uh, Caicos. Welcome to the program Expressions. I'm your host, Robert Hall. I want to welcome you to the show today. And uh, to all of you who are listening, uh, spread the word, share the link, and let them know that Expressions is on. We're going to have a very, very interesting program. And, of course, it will be far more interesting if you do participate. Good morning to the lovely Donna Hanschel and her mother. Uh, good morning. All right. I want to welcome all of my listeners and viewers around the world, wherever you are. Uh, the increasing numbers in the United Kingdom. And uh, to those in the United States of America, very few in Canada and around the Caribbean, particularly in the Bahamas. Welcome. Of course, we have a number of students studying in Jamaica, one or two in Grenada. Wherever they happen to be, welcome. This is Expressions. Hopefully, uh, through this program, you get over your little homesick, and it keeps you in touch with what's going on in your country. Of course, I want to welcome all of you throughout the length and breadth of the Turks and Caicos Islands, whether you're down there in West Caicos and Ambergris Keys or you're over on Providenciales, welcome. Uh, down in the Twin Islands of North and Middle Caicos, welcome to Expressions. Over in the Big South or here in the nation's capital, Grand Turk, over in Sol Key, welcome. Continuing in the same spirit that I was in two days ago, Let's go into a brief period of devotions. If I were to choose a theme today, it would be, Will your anchor hold? Will your anchor hold? I'm sure all of you boatsmen, you know the importance of an anchor. And you know how important it is when the sea's getting rough for your anchor to hold. That is in the physical day-to-day -day sense, but there is a deeper meaning to that. Will your anchor hold in the times of storm? In life, there are many, many storms that you would face. There are storms in marriages, quite often because it was not, the anchor was not well grounded, then it disintegrates. We would say it mash up. Sometimes there are financial storms some due to our lack of planning and poor spending and poor saving. Others beyond our control. There are all kinds of storms that you face. There are political storms. And by the way, you know and I know we are right in the middle of the hurricane season. And we are nearing the silly season. 
Either way, will your anchor hold in the time of storm? If you were well grounded, like Peter, then Jesus said to him, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Then you know you are well, well grounded. Some of us think that we are grounded well because we have an abundance of property or an abundance of finance, huge bank account. That is good in some ways, but that's not all there is to it. Because one thing for sure, money doesn't buy happiness. And even though you may be able to pay your medical bills, Money cannot buy life. I've seen billionaires just upon their deathbed saying if they could do away with all of the billions they have to preserve their life, they would do so. However, if they are indeed well grounded and their anchors whole, then and they have that faith in Jesus, they would survive the final storm. I have often repeated the story of the wreckage of Joseph Hall, Jonanga, as they used to call him, off the coast of Bambara, Middle Caicos. I was but a little boy, and I can recall watching the sailboat as it came down along the reef, and I could see the huge billows bursting over the reefs, and then I could see where the sails begin to unfurl or flutter in the wind and realize that something was drastically wrong though just a little boy. I was not out on the beach, but my late father, my brother, late brother now, oh gosh. My late brother, Christopher, and the late Frederick Johnson. They were there repairing their boat sails, but when they realized that tragedy was unfolding out there, and although the boat, the regulator at the time, did not have insufficient balance, uh, ballast, something to keep the boat steady because it's too light and heavy when it will keel over. But anyway, they ventured out Gamble Cut and were able to rescue 19, I think it was, of the 21 or 22 persons on board. There were men and women in half-sunken dinghy boats, some near the point of death, having swallowed so much salt water. Many of them, they had to roll them around and to try to get some of the salt water out of them. 
thank God, the vast majority were rescued. But Joe Nunga, as they call him, Lewis Hall and Coin Woolouten, I think the name was, where the little piece that was left of the boat was anchored to a rock and precariously perched near a coral head, and despite buoys being flung to them, they refuse to jump in the water to grab it. And so fearing for the lives of themselves and the those whom they have rescued, now getting dark, Dad had to make the decision to leave his first cousin, Jonanga, and the other two, and head for shore. By that time, Gamble Cut was walled in with swells after swells, heavy waves that you could hardly see the opening. So although getting dark, <clears throat> they tried to hasten further west to Ferguson Cut, where they were able to enter, and even in dark meandering various coral heads, they made it to safety in Bambara Landing. The next morning before sunrise, they were out to look for Joe, Coinville, and Lewis. Lo and behold, overnight, Coinville and Lewis were swept to a watery grave. Joe Hall, on the open deck of that little piece of boat that was left, because the whole hull was destroyed. He was still there clinging for dear, dear life. Covered with tar, and a man as black as I am, almost bleached by the salt water and overnight conditions. But guess what? He survived because the little piece that was left of his boat was securely anchored. His anchor held in the time of storm. The question for you and for me, will our anchor hold in the time of storm? These are the times when we focus on storm. And I'm going to play a song that some of you may not have heard for a while. I know when the Grace Slurs were very, very popular, having performed here on the Turks and Caicos likewise. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Listen, the song doesn't ask the Lord to turn the storm away, you know. It says, keep me safe till the storm passes by.
Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father and our God, even in the midst of the storm season, Thou art with us. And we pray, dear Heavenly Father, that You will keep us safe as the storm passes by. Help us that every step of the way we may live to glorify you, and so doing, assist our brother man where we can. Because indeed life is that existence that is given to us to live for a purpose. But we do not forget you, the God, who has given us life. And so we are eternally grateful. We thank you for providing for all of our needs. We thank you for this beautiful home called Turks and Caicos Islands. And help us as a people that we may become more appreciative of what we have. Seek to protect it and to improve it rather than tearing it down. Bless us today as we go through this program. Keep us safe throughout the week and the succeeding weeks. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, I want to welcome all of you good folks. I want to say a special good morning to Miss Trinidad, working up there in the economic unit. A couple of days ago, crossed by Alex. Good morning, Alex, and Mr. Guyana, and the other Dominican and Haitian guys. Good morning to all of you, man. Look here. We are all one big family. It doesn't matter where we come from. Like I always say, if we call God Father, then we are all brothers and sisters. And in the final analysis, we all have to answer to God. Oh, yeah. And so I want to welcome all of you. And what a lovely conversation I had with this Trinidadian lady. Uh, you know, sometimes when a man... Uh, speaks to a lady, and of course, you know, how people tend to view Robert Hall, everybody think it's a matter of flirt. No, 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 no. But I love to engage in a nice intellectual-type conversation about various issues, and it was absolutely delightful. Uh, in fact, I hope that we'll have other discussions. You see, around here, because of the way people think, and everybody knows everybody. It is not easy, for instance, to simply invite a person, a friend out to dinner for a drink and have a discussion. Because once you do that, then it means, oh, he's checking her. You know, that's the way it is around here. But it's not always about that. I'm not too much into the checking business these days. All right? <laughs> I know some of you will say otherwise, but I know me, all right? I ain't going to say much more on that particular subject right now, all right? But anyway, I want to express best wishes to all of our students who are leaving shortly for colleges, and universities abroad. 
There are a number of them who are living on government scholarships. Some who are not so fortunate. Their families are forking up as much as they can to seek to give their children a proper education. I salute them and those who did not succeed for one reason or another, then I would suggest that they lodge an appeal, and who knows, they may get the necessary assistance. There are a number of reasons at times why an individual may not have succeeded. Perhaps they may not have gotten the requisite qualifications at the time, grades, but many have resat and might have improved, so resubmit. Others may not have had, uh, filled out the application properly. And uh, in this kind of society in which we're living, Many feel everything is political. And like I said, or in a post, someone, the truth about it, those who are on the Education Advisory Board, or Scholarship Board, as many of you refer to it, they don't even know the individuals because they go through a numbering system and make their decisions based on that. But for all of you who are leaving for colleges and universities, including my own little daughter, and I'm going to miss her, I dedicate this song. And I remember when my bigger daughter, or the biggest one, Indira, was leaving for the Bahamas, maybe around 11 years old, when her mother became very ill, and it was not in her best interest to remain here. And at that time, I had a restaurant and played this song on my jukebox. This time, I'm playing it on RTC. I'll be missing you. but we'll get there pretty soon. And here is uh, Puff Daddy's version. I'll be missing you. Okay, while he pulls that up, there are large numbers of individuals, I think with some 60-odd or so, who were granted scholarships, some full, some partial, as the case might be, we must all be thankful to see little Turks in Caicos Islands affording our youngsters that kind of support, scholarships. We should all be grateful. Indeed, I am. Back when I was growing up, 
<laughs> there was hardly such thing. Maybe a few for policemen, nurses, and teachers. Very limited. And even, I think, when I became minister there, about the British used to provide about 10 scholarships annually. Now, at any given time, we have hundreds of students studying at various universities and colleges abroad. Tremendous achievement. And I am indeed proud of what we have been able to achieve. And this is not a partisan issue, because successive governments have been providing the funding so that our youngsters could get a better education. And I do hope that when they go out into the wider society, they would not forget the values that were imparted to them here, and they would grasp as much as they can to come back home and serve their country. That's what it's all about. I sure hope that they make use of the opportunity. One of the best ways of lifting oneself is through education. Talking about empowering of people, education is one of the best ways. Here we go with Puff Daddy's version to all you students. I'll be going off. I'll be missing you. Yesterday we used to rock the show I laced the track, you locked the flow So far from hanging on the block for dough Notorious, they got to know that Life ain't always what it seemed to be Words can't express what you mean to me Even though you're gone, we still a team Through your family, I feel your dreams In the future, can't wait to see If you open up the gates for me Reminisce sometime The night they took my friend Try to black it out, but it plays again When it's real, feelings hard to conceal Can't imagine all the pain I feel Give anything to hear half your breath I know you're still living your life after death
Nikki, I know you love this one because you always like to talk about Tupac, and he's one of a kind, and Biggie and all of those. And Puff Daddy, those recorded this song after the death of Biggie. And I remember, too, over at the old Ping Bar, which used to be one of my favorite hangouts back in the days, as we would say. And Ed Blackman and Kevy and some of the others always talking about who killed Biggie. I used to be turned off with those kinds of discussions when I wanted to talk politics and current events. You know, and I sort of hang around with those guys, though we were not in the same age group. But I always believe in interacting with the younger ones so that, you know, it can pass on a little bit of the knowledge and experience that I have. And I do that up until today. Now, there's a little interesting quote that someone sent to me. Uh, sent to me. I get so many of these little greetings and things. I try my best to answer. But sometimes, quite frankly, I can hardly answer all. Because they are really numerous. But I'm thankful to all. And anyway, this one says, We cannot change the direction of the wind. But remember that we can always adjust our sails. The boatsmen know about that in the literal sense, and others of you know about it too. So often in life, you have to make adjustments. Sometimes the economic winds are not in your sail, they're not in your favor. So you can no longer live as you used to live. Many individuals, with limited means, believe that they must eat out in restaurants every day. Then when you think of it, 
if they would go to the supermarket, expensive as it is, and prepare their own meals, might even be healthier. Because let me tell you the truth. Some of these restaurants use too much salt. Too much. And that's not good for your health. And so, even here, you need to adjust your sail according to the wind. Beautiful, beautiful quote, and I thank you very much for sending that one in to me. And there are many others that come forward from time to time. This is Expressions, the People's Program. We come to you every Monday, 6.30 to 8.30. And, of course, um, every Wednesday and Friday at 10. Uh, let me look up some little public information before I dive into the program. But so that you can get thinking. For discussion today, I want to center our thoughts around the right to vote. Why vote? How do you decide? What are you looking for in politicians? What do you think of the two-party system or multi-party system, as the case might be? Is there a better option? Some of the idealists say there is. I'd love you to point me to it. Get ready to have a lively discussion, because trust me now, I am ready. All right? But this program could only be successful if you participate. The comments you make, the questions you pose will cause me to dig deeper. And how, who knows how many pearls we will come up with. So, get ready to participate. I am going to furnish you with that public information as soon as I pull it up because the sometimes when I want things they just don't come up <laughs> that's life that's life and away there are going to be, well, first of all, after a period of prorogation, the House will reconvene tomorrow at 10 a.m. I suggest that as many of you go on out and watch our uniformed groups as they do their exercise to mark the opening of the House of Assembly. One session has ended, and I've explained that umpteen times, so I have no need to go back into that now. And so, it is at this session that Her Excellency the Governor, 
would read the throne speech. The throne speech is always written by the premier and will outline the objectives, what they hope to achieve in the next session. I said to you the other day that you could expect some good news, and trust me, Turks and Caicos can do with some good news. Mind you now, some good things been happening all along. It ain't a big, big dollar wine you're looking for. But five cent, ten cent wine is going on all the time. Go back and listen to my balance sheet the other day. Some of you might say ain't too balanced. But anyway, listen up. So go out. Or well, for those of you who can't go out, we are possible. I'll go to the Facebook and watch the live sitting of the House of Assembly. You should be doing it regularly to observe what your members of parliament are doing. You should observe how many of them stay in during the sessions. Whether the majority of them are on their phones or on their laptop, as the case might be. Listen to the level of contribution that they make. That's what you should be doing. And so there will be that first meeting tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it for more reasons than one. But as usual, I was taught that talk some, leave some. And I constantly do that. All right. Now to get a segue into the main thing today, I'm going to ask my technical operator to pull up chalk dust. Qualification of a politician. And when that is true, I go open the phone lines and I want you to call in and say what you think ought to be the qualification for politicians here in the Turks and Caicos. All right. Here is a mighty shock dust.
I hope that you listened deliberately to the words of that song. As a former politician, I cannot agree with all of it, but indeed, a great deal of it is correct. I will get down to the nitty-gritty of that in just a little bit. And I just want to give a public announcement. The Housing and Community Renewal Department has extended the application deadline for housing program until 29th September 2023. Remember that now. The Housing and Community Renewal Department has extended the application deadline for housing program 2 until 29th September 2023. Uh, there are other announcements that I can pull them up. I will share it with you. Now, before I get down to the main topic today, um, my Telephone, they keep flooding me with this. I uh, some information about gunshots uh, in Q Town and on the airport road, uh, different times. 
I saw where the police moved into a section of dockyard to clear the, the roads, whatever. Listen, Your Excellency. Listen, Honorable Premier. Listen, Honorable Opposition Leader. These people only understand force. That's what I've always been saying. It's no point asking, please incorporate. Get in there with whatever ever force. And like the songs say, if the devil is in the way, we'll roll right over him. We cannot lag behind. We've been lagging behind too, too, too long. And this play game with these illegal people and those who want to reduce our islands to slum, you've got to crush it. Just like how Turner told me years ago, he will use whatever force necessary to put down anything I came up with <coughs> after the Miami affair, then use whatever force is necessary to put down what these people are coming up with, be it Q-Town, be it Dockyard, or any kind of yard. That's what you got to do. All right? We got the Bahamian policemen here. Let's clean up the dog and place. I know. Some of them will go underground. That's the criminals. Some will even leave the island temporarily. Because our borders are so porous. We can do better. But you'll never be able to patrol every inch of your coastline. Are scattered almost 100 miles or more or so. Can't do it. The United States of America. France. And many other European countries with all the resources they have, they cannot do it. So don't be thinking that we can, but certainly we can do better. All right? And so, Turks and Caicos Islanders, rather than playing politics with these issues, it better let us all put our shoulders to the wheels and see what we can do. And that's why I said in your communities, be it North Caicos, South Caicos, don't allow those communities to establish themselves illegally. And here in Grand Turk, that's why I'm waiting. I'm waiting on Justice Carlos Simons and others uh, with this informal settlement thing to come here and tear down. Hear what I say? Tear down all those illegal structures that they have about the place. It's clean up time. If we're going to build, if we're going to beautify, then we've got to tear down those illegal structures. We've got to let these people know we have laws, and these laws are not supposed to be just for Turks and Caicos Islanders. When they come talking nonsense about God land, yeah, I agree, God land, but Haiti is also God land, God's land. And for the few Dominicans who may do so, Dominican Republic is also God's land. And many of you know what you do in those countries. You can't, uh, here, you can't do it there. So let's get on with it. All right, let me pause in case there are any calls or comments before I dive into the subject of the right to vote. The number is 1-900-22-22-007. I was just being distracted by a text that came in anyway. So that's one nine hundred twenty two twenty two 
0007. You may text me at 244-7332. Let's see if there are any calls before I move on. 1-900-2222-007. Or text me 244-7332. Come on, the day is Wednesday. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping inside. Come on, let's hear from you. We need to hear your voice in the place. Turks and Caicos will not improve if you just simply practice the sounds of silence. Whether it's with the illegal immigrants or whether... It's with crime. You've got to become proactive. You see? Like I always say, if good come to this country, you will get a little bit of it. But if bad were to come, then you can get your full share of it. All right, I was just scanning through here, um, but I have not seen the details about um, new appointment to T TCI Justice System. I will get on to that at some other occasions. All right. Well, you know me. Calls or no calls, the show must go on. That's the way I roll. That's your loss if you do not respond. It's like the preacher. He may have his altar call. And none of you may answer the call. But nevertheless, he has to spread the word. The seed might fall on rocky ground, but there are one or two seeds that may fall on fertile grounds. Don't you read your Bible? Don't you remember the parable? Yes. And so I look at it in a similar way. Whether there is response or no response, there is some soul that might be blessed through this program. There's somebody whose eyes may be opened. There's someone whose thinking may be stimulated. There's some politician as lazy as some of them are. They may be challenged to do a little soul searching and see how they can better themselves and better serve this country. And so, I will continue until such time as I leave or I am removed. Whichever way the wind blows, it's fine with me. Believe you me. All right. The right to vote is enshrined in our Constitution 
And it's actually defined as one of our, the basic human rights of an individual. That right to vote. In many countries, individuals have stood up and even sacrificed their lives to achieve the right to vote. And that is why it should be viewed as something sacred. Sometimes we just look at things casually because we have not had to go through the revolutions, the bloodshed, and sacrifices to obtain that right to vote. In many instances, I suppose, that's why our people here are so laid back. If they had to go through the struggles, the riots, the arrests, the hanging that some other countries had to go through. Perhaps we may have here might be more proactive. How do you get to vote? The first thing you have to do is to register to vote. And I challenge all those who are 18 years old and older and are Turks and Caicos Islanders, let's remember, if you are a work permit holder, if you are a PRC holder, if you are a British Overseas Territory citizen, you cannot vote you have to obtain Turks and Caicos Islander status. You have to be 18 and over. You've had to be resident, well, to register, that's clear. I was talking about, I was hastened on to the voting part, where prior to election, you would have had to have been accumulatively 12 months out of the past 24 months. But then, that's later down the line. The first one is being registered. So all of you who are not registered, go down to the elections office, all but opposite the police station. Take your necessary documents, your TCI status and the like. Go, go down. We have a call. Let me interrupt my thought. Good morning, Caller. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I am good, my brother. And how are you? I'm good, by the grace of God. Sorry for interrupting. Um, I'm from Haiti. I live in Turkey from 2015. And until now, I could see how thing is going on by the time I came here. And now, how thing going on. I live in Cuba. I have a daughter four years old. And um, last time, I can say like two weeks ago, when um, a man gets shooting his dog, that was a lot of money. Me and my daughter, we would stay outside, we would play, you know, uh, daddy plays with his child. 
I don't know if you're in the wind or what, but it's quite a bit of interference on your phone. Try to be in a stable environment so we can hear you clearly. Okay, you hear me good now? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, I say I was sitting down outside with my daughter when the gunshot was happening. She ran away. And so many times those things happen in Kirtan. And afterwards, she would she, she not feel comfortable. So now I'm looking for different places to live because a little children like that keep hearing the stuff and she keep asking me questions about it. I cannot I cannot tell her no lie. I tell her exactly what is that. But I trust and I believe in CCI police for. That's that's little problem. I call it a little problem. But that can fix on one day. But every time we 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 keep talking and asking we need to do something, we need to do something, but it only talks. But action is never happening. What you suggest they do? What you suggest we do? The suggestion is I know CCI police force can do something. Truthon is not a big place. Dockyard is not a big place. Government is a legal force. They have to do what they can do and they, what they're supposed to do to find them criminals, to find them illegal guns. And I think there's something they not do. So when you lock up something who kills someone with guns, you arrest the person or you don't look for the guns. And after a few years, the person released. So what about the gun? He killed the person with. The last time I saw those fellas walking in the road in dockyard, we gone in hand, and that's the time the police vehicle walk around. In the afternoon, two tomorrow morning, I see the the police chief right on Facebook says. I would love you to call back. We did not cut you off. It's a pretty interesting conversation. And I'm absolutely delighted that someone from the Haitian community would call in and give their views. Um, caller, go right ahead. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, on later on, the police chief right on Facebook asked if anyone knows where those fathers live, do not afraid something like that to report. But those fathers, they're not hiding. Daytime, nighttime, they they not scare nobody. And the police cars always up there. But something we need to ask. How are these things start? Where it come from? And how come he get worse day after day? I always say that with my people. Where talking because gonna be next five, ten years. If government will do something for that. Somehow, I think it's not going to be hard to bring England army down there to clean up the country in one day, which is CCI police force can do that. I know they could do that. They get materials for that. They are professional. In the, the one day, if they surround Cuton, they don't need the whole day to clean up Cuton. They don't need that. That's something easy and simple for them to do. But we have to ask the question, why that never happened? And it's possible. So we, I always listen to them politicians. Sometimes PDM administration say PNP too soft. 
we need some wood, and we need it, and when PDM on power, and then we see things going on more worse. More young, more young men die. Young men die like that. That's the future of the country. If we don't have no youth, the country ain't getting no future. So we need to do something to stop that. I think the government, we need to do that as soon as possible. Because the little children grow up four or five years. They hear gunshots. Like, often. That's not good for them. I think government, please, you can. You have all the major. You have uh, 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 all them boys there. Not only put them on the road, give people tickets. So say, guys, we're going to make a deep cleaning. Provo. Provo is the mass. Provo is where they put all them problems. But it's not everywhere in Provo. It's not, it's not a, a, a big area. It's a small area. We can do that. But sometimes people, they scared to collaborate with police officers. The reason why, like I, like I say, if I go into the police station and I say, hey, this is what I see going on in the dockyard, and before I go back there, dockyard already know I've been there. This is what I do. They know my name. They know everything. So I'm not insecure. If it things like that happen, ain't nobody going to collaborate with police force. I think with that case, the police, they have to get a secret for people and protect people's lives also. If people call you and they say, they come, they say, this is what's going on, keep that undercover. Keep it undercover. That's why people, they not here, like, call and go to the police station and say, report anything happened on there. But what I see with my eyes down there, man, it's unfair. It's unfair. You're talking, keep your silence, can't go like that. We can't let you turn in five keys and, 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 and dockyard and the bike sometimes. We cannot keep, like, tourists cannot come in, in there no more. That's so much. Yes, my Crazy brother. area, daytime, after two. That's where I always go with my child. Drink right. ice cream, play with them people, play with them other kids. And she always asks me, Daddy, let's go there. That's where I always go, across seven stars. That's the daytime, daytime, uh, 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 my brother. That happened. Okay, my brother. Okay, my brother. So the vehicle, the vehicle finish do the thing. They go down the highway. How come the car didn't nobody catch him? It's something like that. Blade time. The whole, the whole highway need to block. A low bike need to block. At the same day, that they supposed to catch up the, the the vehicle. All right. Thank you very much for your contribution. I know you are passionate about it. I feel your pain, my brother, and it is so unfortunate that your little child has to experience that kind of thing. I have children, though they're now grown. Um, I have grandchildren, and certainly I don't wish it for any of them. I don't wish it for you. And I wish that many others would be outspoken like you are. Now, several things came out of what you said. Now, I hope when I say that, the police officers themselves, some are listening, because if there are those bad apples in the force, 
that would go out and tell criminals information that they receive, then they should be weeded out. In many forces where they have such suspicions, they would set up stings so those officers could be detected and removed. It is better to go into battle with 10 honest, dedicated, hardworking soldiers, policemen, than to go in with 50 who are backbiters. And so that is very important. You are speaking the same language as I have spoken. And let me make this clear. I am not talking about all Haitians. You have law-abiding Haitians in this country, successful business individuals and others. I got no problem with them. All right? I give Haitians ride every day. Every day. I got no problem there. My problem is with the illegal ones and those ones who take us for fools. Mind you, we act stupidly sometimes. And those who feel they can take the law in their hands, like I said, force is the language they speak, force is the language they understand. That is what I told Dakin when he came here. And I only talked to him about twice after that because his head was somewhere in the doggone sand. And I'm one of those, if I was a little bit younger, I would volunteer. Now I know the little 38 I used to use, that ain't no good compared with what those fellows have. Now, I want you to listen carefully. I say 38 I had. So I want the police come look for me, so I go on now. Edward Hall asks me to turn my own in to the station from that time. And I leave it there, I ain't going back. In fact, I want to sell it on eBay because it's so old, that should value good. Now, I hope I ain't got to sue the police force if I go back there and they can't show me where my 38 will I get from my daddy brown boy. All right? But anyway, I'll check on that another time. Yes, that was, in my view, a very important call, and I do appreciate that. Um, if there's any other caller at this stage, please feel free to do so now. It was good that I interrupted my thought to accept that call, but of course, majority of the times, I don't like to break my trend of thought because, like I said, I do not write down these things. All right? What I'm about to say. And my good friend over there in Salt Key, Mrs. Lightburn, she says, grab the bull by the horns. Good morning, Mr. Hall, she says. Good morning to you, my dear, and to yours. All right? Yes. And this text says, good morning, Mr. Hall. In regards to the illegal development, you are so right. Forces the answer to rid the country of these atrocities. When we talk about serving letters and what have you, they build faster than the letters can be served. Break them down immediately. That's what this person says, and I'm with it. As to illegal immigrants, please, government workers and these agencies, stop selling the country for a piece of meal. I am tired of seeing those illegals two, three weeks off the boat and they bragging about getting work permits. Where are our morals 
from the moment they mention the illegal call immigration. The government workers who are building houses and using these illegals and helping them, you all need to stop. Stop, please. I often try to defend some government workers who are placed on suspension and I'm embarrassed. I am embarrassed, and many of you and others are good minded citizens, when individuals are hauled off their job for illegal practices. Please stop it. If you cannot survive of what you're making, be it as an immigration officer, as a custom officer, a police officer, or what have you, then try to have a legitimate side business to help yourself. Try to be a little an entrepreneur to make that additional dollar. But to accept bribery, that is not good at all. You cannot sell yourself and your country for a mess of naturalistic pottage. You should not, I should say. The number to call is 1-900-22-22-007. And uh, my friend down there in Wheeland says, Good morning, Mr. Hall. I'm with you. I say yes. Broke them down. Broke them down. Let's hear that chorus throughout the Turks and Caicos. Broke them down. That's what you got to do. All right. Well, no calls. Let me get on. As I had started earlier on. To be able to vote, you have to qualify. Once you qualify, you've reached that age of 18 and over, and you are a Turks and Caicos Islander of sound mind, then go and get registered. Registration is ongoing. So go down there. Because if you're not registered and elections are called, then you won't be able to vote. And elections in our system, in this case with two years down, could be called any time. The Premier can advise the Governor to dissolve the House and call elections. So, get ready to vote. Why do you vote? I taught civics in Jamaica and in one of the textbooks they have listed the rights and responsibilities of a citizen and any good citizen we have a caller caller go right ahead good morning I, I just heard the young man on the radio talking about a plane with his child and saying to me, he a gunshot. It's a horse. Yesterday, I was driving on Osborne Road, and it was time for the children to go to school. It's a horse. Uh, three little girls was on the 
on the side of the road with their uniform on and so forth. And a white a lady in a white vehicle overtake them and so forth. And seeing those little children trying to cross the road, it's a whole life is so mad, it wasn't funny. I actually had a stop in the middle of the road and helped the children across the road. Mr. Hall, I'm calling out to the, um, the taxi department. They need to put some sort of speed, I mean, speed soon to stop them there or speed, whatever it takes to let the drivers know during school hours. They can't drive across the school like that. Mr. Hall is ridiculous. I mean, I'm saying this because I, I don't want none of no vehicles knocked down on those children during school walking hours. So I, I'm pe- appealing to the road traffic department. Please do something, put some form of speed limit or some signs or something up here so the people could see and make sure that they don't knock down on the school children during school hours. Thank you, Mr. Hall. Thank you very much, um, Buggy. I know you're passionate about things like these. And apart from the road traffic, I don't think he's asking too much to have the police. Um, in the mornings, they know the time when school starts, when the children will be on the roads. And there are only three government schools. I'm not saying don't do it for the other schools if it's a problem. It might not be as acute at the other schools because the numbers are not at large, as large. But um, I don't see... Uh, why they can't have officers in those areas because the speed limit in the school zones are supposed to be 10 miles an hour. And so all you drivers who are uh, driving at speed and overtaking, you're breaking the law and you can get a ticket. But not only that, like Fuggy said, you may be endangering the children's life and endangering your own life. So do better than that and be uh, much more responsible. While I'm on this now, if there are any calls, Please place them now, because thereafter, for the next several minutes, I will ask my technical operator not to accept any calls. All right? And I say that because, like I said, if I'm in a trend of thought um, and it's broken, then I would continue sort of be going over and over and over and cannot get to the end of what I want to say on the particular subject, all right? And like I said many times, from schoolboy time, I hardly ever uh, write down uh, what I have to say. I believe in oratory. I practice that. And that's why I'm always challenging our politicians. I've seen some, they can't make one sentence unless it's written on a paper. Individuals like you, you might as well sit to hell down home. Ain't no, ain't no time and space for you. But of course, all of you could better yourself if you practice. You know, I am not saying I'm Mr. Perfect. I have had some exper- experience and exposure, and I'm always willing to share. Like before the last election, I have a half-day seminar for candidates in the PNP, the vast majority and um, attended and participated. It was on public speaking and etiquette, which is so important because some of these things you take for granted, you know it, and when it comes to the test, you just don't know. And I see that those mistakes being made all the time at funerals, at other public occasions, and so on and so on. I offered the same to the PDM 
and I'm still willing to do so. And don't underestimate me. I'm not such a party hack that I would not do good uh, to all of those. And the same information that I shared with the PNP, I'd be willing to share with the PDM and others. In fact, some of our other organizations can do with some tips on public speaking and etiquette. And as long as I'm notified well ahead of time, I'll be willing. Now, of course, if it's off-island, well, you know, you got to provide me a ticket and accommodation. Now, I, I ain't looking for no pay, no. I am willing to share the little knowledge and experience I have. Like I always say, what good is knowledge if you don't share it? All right, no calls. So let me just see if any relevant texts, and then if none, let me get back to where I have been starting over and over. And this good friend of mine says, Good morning, brother. God blessing upon your family and the government and the opposition of the Turks and Caicos Islands. That's his favorite line. All the people in TCI. I see the need for another pedestrian crossing just after the roundabout downtown, going to the airport, like what's like by Max Minimart. Yes, that's very important. And since you raised that, where there are these pedestrian crossings, if you see someone on the line, drivers, stop. That's what you're supposed to do and let them pass. In fact, there are some areas, and there aren't too many pedestrian parking here, for instance, in Grand Turk. But like so often, I would see people going across, uh, say from Franklin, probably across the road by the old jail. Cars speeding and speeding. Quite often, I'll glance behind to see if nothing immediately behind me. I would stop and beckon to the people to pass. And that's what others of you should do. Pedestrians should come first. Our drivers need to be much more courteous. Much more. All right? And uh, uh, this... <laughs> That's like Professor Lee Ingham, and he says, Brother Hall... It has been a while since you hosted Mr. Simons and the Deputy Acting Governor, really legal settlements. What has transpired since? Well, uh, to the best of my knowledge, uh, nothing has happened here in Grand Turk, and I doubt much has happened in practically, that is. I can't tell what paperwork and notices because, you know, before they move in, they got to serve notice. I can't talk about that. I don't know. Um, but then, and so I would, would say perhaps not much based on what information or lack of information I have. That's all I could say. And then he said, you taught civics in Jamaica. Is civics taught in TCI? Who teaches it? I am not aware of civics being taught in Turks and Caicos schools. They have social studies, which incorporates some aspects of civics. But um, 
one of these days, not too far away, I will task myself with writing a civics for Turks and Caicos students. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I'd actually put forward the idea in an important circle, so to speak. I didn't get uh, an encouraging response, and so I, I didn't bother. But for the good of the students, I will do so God's willing. And while I'm on the text, this person says there are several pedestrian passing on Grand Turk. They require painting. Uh, thanks much. Yes, so that uh, um, they, one can see them quite easily. Thanks for that information. And it would seem like uh, the minister, one of the ministers is listening. And uh, he is saying, yes, there are several pedestrian crossings. And uh, this person texts me to say, good morning, Mr. Hall. This is the second time Fergie mentioned that school zone problem. A stitch in time save nine. And the reason you don't use script. We had slates in school, so you had to remember. <laughs> That's a good one. You're right. I remember those days with slates in primary school. <laughs> uh, but when I say I don't write scripts, of course, I was talking particularly about high school. Because like I said some time ago, I remember as valed valedictorian at William Nip High School. Um, let's see. I forget the year anyway. Um, I told the principal, Arthur Edgar, that I want to do it. Uh, do my um, address at lib, you know, without writing it. And he said, oh, no, 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 you have to write it. Uh, let me uh, see what you write and approve and what of you. Yes. And uh, the Minister for Infrastructure, yes, he responded and he said, send that text to me on pedestrian. And so on. Anyway, it's always nice, Honorable Minister, to have you listening and to have others listening. And what I do like about you is that quite often you do respond. In fact, I can't have any complaint with you in that regard because anything I inquire about, then you tend to answer and answer promptly. A professor writes back, I guess, after that answer I gave about teaching civics and not being taught in school. And he said, are you surprised then that our politicians are so lacking? Okay, I, I hear you. You want to provoke <laughs> a further dialogue on the subject. Uh, but um, I'll leave that at that. Let me get back to this subject at hand. I'm not saying that's not part of it. It sure is part of it. 
but where I want you all to bite in, including you two, Professor Lee Ingham and the others who have been texting, is on this matter of voting. I've already mentioned uh, the qualification for voting. Now, why vote? Like I said, it is really one of the responsibilities of a citizen, and any good citizen, in my view, would exercise the right to vote. Some of you, perhaps, who belong to a different faith, like the Jehovah Witnesses, who claim not to vote, they may say, then, are you saying, I'm not a good citizen? I would say, in this regard, you are not a good citizen. Because, in exercising your right to vote, you help to choose the government of the day. And those people who just simply conclude, man can't fix it, you got to leave it all to God. I think you're really misinterpreting the scripture. And I don't want to preach today. All right? In fact, I don't preach in church because I don't consider myself to be completely straight. All right? But I, and I don't mean in the gay business. I straighten that sense now. Real straight, real straight. But <laughs> the devil trying to twist me into a different, <laughs> different direction altogether. But while we believe in God and He is in control in the final analysis, He has placed His servants down here. And if you do not exercise your vote, then you are not helping to determine. Sometimes you may say of a bad bunch who is best suited to represent your interests. Who is best suited to make the very laws upon which you have to abide. And so I do believe every responsible citizen should exercise that right to vote. Of course, you have the right not to vote. But like some say, when you don't vote, then shut your mouth. Like an old lady in middle case, you say, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. If you don't vote. Some of you say, well, Peter ain't no better than Paul, so why vote? You got, in our case, two major parties. You have independence. You might have a third party. You have choices. Some will say, well, choose the lesser evil. But the question is, what are you looking for in your representatives, in your leaders? 
hear what Chuck, Chuck does say? Somewhere in between, I can ask my technical operator to pull that up again in a minute or two before I open the phone lines again. And it's interesting. Politicians, before I get onto what you're looking for from them, once they win, as he said, they take false oaths. Swear on the Bible. And some, because they want duck around the issue, they say, well, I ain't going to swear on the Bible. I'm going to affirm. Man, it's just like half a dozen of one and six of the other. But the oath says, I swear to be faithful, in this case, to his majesty, the king, his heirs and successors. I see why some pronounce heirs, heirs. Because in any event, they know they don't mean it. I like sweep around my own door first. I had to say it. And I said it because I had to say it. Because if I didn't say it, I wouldn't have been sworn in. But do I care about the successors of King Charles, whom I do not even know? I can't be genuinely concerned. And of course, the bigger question, are they really concerned about me and about my country? The answer is obvious. And so, it would be interesting to see what many of these Christians and bishops and priests and others, if they were to get elected, how they handle that part. And maybe they should think seriously even before they get there. If they do, there's something to make it anyhow. And I laugh when he talk about some of them let's talk thus, being selfish and have to make promises that they basically know they can't fulfill. And this is where the electorate, in making their decisions, have to have their own criteria. For electing individuals, what do I see as some of them? One of the most important ones, is the matter of integrity. And every time I think of the word integrity, I always remember what my college president, the late Glenn Owen, used to say. Whatever you do in privacy, make sure it could stand public scrutiny. Oh, my brothers and sisters, if night were to turn today, Wow. You would be surprised at what may be revealed. 
if they don't go in with integrity, you think they can come out with? Because I've seen some who I genuinely believe had integrity. But in many instances, because of lust for power, because of greed, became corrupt. And that is why you should know the candidate that you're going to vote for. Is it why some of them wait till the last six months to start showing them face, their face? Because in that short period, they could put on a good face without you getting to know their true colors. Small as this community we're in. And if you can't be honest with your own, your brothers, your sisters, those around you, you could be honest for country and others in the wider society. Hell no. Your dis dishonesty will shine through. Integrity is important. I firmly believe that to be an effective representative and leader, you should have a sound education. Now, I am not saying you have to be a college or university graduate. I think it must be only Switzerland I know where they demand a master's degree for politicians. But when you think of the volume of legislation that is passed in the House, your representative must be able to read, digest, disseminate, and actually help you in the constituencies to understand what is being proposed. Otherwise, it will be like the blind leading the blind. And trust me, some of those legislation on the face of it make no sense. You've really got to dig deep to get the meaning and the understanding because so often written in such legalistic terms. Now, a person may not be well-versed in the English language. That's the langu official language of the country and of the house. He, may, he or she may have skills in other areas, and that's good. But my brother and sister, I tell you, you've got to brush up on that English language. Because when a person sees you, first, they look at your physique and how you present yourself. And then when you open your mouth, that's the second thing. And if your language is poor, then that's a turn off right away. So brush up.
on that speech. To be able to do so, that person must read a lot. Read. That's how you know what's going on in the world. That's how you familiarize yourself with parliamentary practices. And that's the way you can be conversant with the issues here and abroad. Sometimes I wonder what some of you say, and I'm not talking just about this PNP government, I'm talking about PDM and all the other governments over the years. What do you say when you go off to these conferences? What do people think of Turks and Caicos Islands by your utterances? There are some, and I'm not going to call any names, who do very well. And I could always sit back and relax and be proud when that person goes off to represent us or those persons. Not all of you will not be as eloquent, but you can brush up, you can improve. And that is why sometimes I simply say that some politicians are just downright lazy. You collect that salary, you smile to the bank, you make one little speech in the House of Assembly. Sometimes the speech ain't got much content anyway. And that's about it. You've got to constantly work to improve yourself. If I give you just a little tip here and there. When I started out, I'm not saying you've got to use big words all the time. But sometimes one big word encapsulates what two or three sentences might say. And so if I'm reading a book, and I read widely, or I have read widely, when I used to travel a lot and when I was in politics, every time I pass through an airport, I'll buy a book or two. And when I've read them, I'll write in it what good is knowledge if you don't share it, and I'll pass it on to somebody else to read. Hopefully they will read and improve themselves. And when I came across a concrete word or term, big word as some people would say, and I don't know the meaning, I would look it up. And then the first opportunity I get, I would go and use it. I always remember a little friend I had in Jamaica when I was in high school. He was just a little boy, but he was developing a heavy vocabulary and one of his favorite expressions if he hears me say certain things and I use certain terms, he'd always say, you're just trying to propagate your verbosity. <laughs> I never forgot that. You're just trying to propagate your verbosity. But anyway, the point I'm simply making is this. To improve on your vocabulary. You see, because even if you don't use those words, when other people use them, then you won't be lost. You came across a good quote, write it down, memorize it. I always remember 
when I used to live at Cash Register on my wall, I had dozens of quotes. And I remember a gentleman whom I used to teach in the afternoon, several of them. And one time he had to either introduce me or something like that at a public function. And he referred to the lots of quote, uh, quotes I had on my walls. And I tell you no lie, at one time, I had under my belt, by memory, about 300 quotes. From Mayo Sitong, the Bible, Marcus Garvey, Martin Luther King, Indira Gandhi, John F. Kennedy, you name it. Of course, they say you don't use it, you lose it, and I've lost a lot of them. But even now, without boasting, I could rise somewhere without a piece of script and make a speech on a given subject and summon a number of those quotes that I've learned years ago. And I'm saying, you can do it too. I'm not that smart. I'm not that brilliant. But I work hard at improving myself. And still do. And so you who want to get in politics, and those of you who are there, don't be complacent. Continue to improve yourself. And you can do that by reading, by researching. If you're going to vote for someone, I think that person should have a good family life. A good family life. Now, when I say that, I am not saying that wife and husband has to be together, husband and wife has to be together. Some may have separated for lots of reasons, and I don't need to know what happens between the sheets. But of course, how that candidate or prospective candidate relates to his family and particularly his children should tell you the kind of person that he is. And so for those men who have children and their wives or significant others got to put them to court to maintain their children, if they ain't going to maintain and assist their children, you think they're going to look out for you? That is a wasted X. I won't be one-sided. More and more women are entering politics, and I love that. They add a different dimension to the politics. But don't be afraid to apply similar rules. And don't be unfair now, because I would submit ever so often there is a double standard, one for men and one for women. A man may have five, six children, different women. Oh, that boy popular. A girl has a few different by different men. You know what they say of her. That's not fair. 
That's not fair. But as they put forth themselves, they must be able to stand public scrutiny. So you must scrutinize those who seek to represent you. They must display that love and commitment for country. That is what is so important. Is it that they're going into politics for the so-called good life? To drive those big black Lincolns? To enjoy a good salary that they may not have had? Otherwise, and that is for few of them, because there are few who do better as entrepreneurs and businessmen or in other professions, and I want to make that clear. But you must set a criteria, or set criteria, not a, uh, for those whom you seek to represent you. What I have given you is not an exhausted list, but I'm leaving the rest to you. Now, we only have about seven, eight minutes left. I was watching a survey in Jamaica done with the, by the PNP, Opposition Party. And at the time it was done, they were comparing the popularity of the Opposition Leader, Mr. Golding, and that of Prime Minister Holness. And at that time, Holness was something like 35% and uh, Golding down something like 18%. And then later, it slid both ways. The Prime Minister's popularity was down, I think, by about 13%. And the leader of the opposition down likewise. Now, the interesting thing there you examine that, there was movement away from the leader of the JLP ruling party, but the PNP in opposition did not gain strength as far as the leader is concerned. Can we apply that to Turks and Caicos? Some people feel like the PNP is losing popularity. But the question is, is the PDM gaining in popularity? Some people feel that leader Charles Washington Mizik is losing in popularity. The question is, is opposition leader Edwin Aswood gaining in popularity? These are questions I want you to answer in the next five minutes before we close the show. The number to call is one 900 25, sorry, 1-900-22-22-007. Help me make it make sense. Let's go, because we don't have much time to go. 1-900-22-22-007. Now I'm going to read this one, and I'm going to call her name, because she's in the public light. Uh, Honorable Jamaica Williams, and she says, We often complain that foreigners are taking over these islands. When they are granted our status, one of the first things they do is register to vote. Unfortunately, our law gives them the same rights and privileges of our indigenous population. 
Would you like to see those same persons that have been granted that status in our ser serving in our parliament who can't even trace their lineage to these islands? Remember, we have had an attempt at this before. TCI, this is our reality. Not voting is not an option. Get registered. I endorse that. Last part of the statement in particular. Not voting is not an option. Get registered. Yes. The number to call is 1-900-2222-007. This person says common sense don't need no education. Got to learn to use their common sense. While common sense is not always common, my sister, there are certain doors that only education can open. Believe you me. And so there is no substitute for a good, solid education. We have a caller. Caller, go right ahead. Greetings to you, Mr. Hall, and all in the wonderful grace of our great God and King Jesus Christ. Very quickly, I agree with what you, what you said uh, when, when you're talking about what one should require to, to be in politics. But however, there's something, uh, when, when, when you are talking about that, it reminds me of what the scripture says. It says, he that ruler over man must be just ruling in the fear of God. One of my beloved deceased uncle had loved to uh, remind us about the portion of scripture that says, the things that are written are four times are written for our learning. And that is true. I believe we can take, we can take a lot from, up from the church when, when the, the disciples had grown and there was a, a, a dissension between the, the Grecians and the Hebrews because the, the widows were being neglected, uh, they were instructed to look, for, to look for people, men with honest report, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. I think if, if, if we should follow that pattern for people we want to choose to be in politics, then we would be all right. And for those so-called pastors who wanted to leave the church, and, and get involved in politics, they should read Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 6 and see the example with the true man of God, how they value uh, delivering the word of God rather than leaving that to, to, you know, to deal with that problem with what they are facing. Thanks, man, and bye. Thank you very much. <laughs> and um, I think as Professor Lee says, are you surprised then? Uh, no, he already said that our politicians are so, so lacking. And then he said, good thought-provoking show today, Brother Hall. So sorry your altar call did not garner many to answer the call. <laughs> well, that's life. Like I said, um, so many times preachers will preach their hearts out, and people don't easily respond, but they have to keep on doing so. And um, this person say, they want me to vote, but I cannot get my leader or representative to grant me the necessary plates to run my transportation business. Sometimes it makes no sense. Why should I have to depend on an individual I didn't even vote for to grant me my plates? Um, you should know, my brother, there are civil servants that are put in certain positions that they must do their job. The government sets the policies. But if you're looking to the ministers to intervene on every case, then sorry, that isn't going to work. They have certain things to do, and the civil servants. And therefore, I am saying, 
the director of road traffic, uh, or it, it's a broader term used, um, and that, that's the person whose door you should be knocking on. Then he goes on to say, all the elected ministers made promises to me and many other individuals. I guess I have to be a part of the circle. I can understand in some cases because of disappointment, there's that sort of cynicism that is developing, and it is most unfortunate. But I would say this. To those individuals who are disappointed because they didn't get that other contract, or they didn't get that other license plate, or what have you, that's not good enough reason to decide you're not going to vote. Look at the broader picture. Yes, you must look after your personal interests. I do agree. Because I tell you what, sometimes if I look at certain things that have happened to me, I wouldn't vote for certain individuals. But I look at a broader picture. And this person says, Mr. Hall, like the proverbial phrase, a lot of our male politicians only think with their small head. Many of them be the very same ones with these illegal ladies of the night and be back in the House of Assembly the following day. So thank you much for that one. All right, it seems to me like that's it for the text. We're just about out of time. I don't think there are any more calls right now. Well, I've done what I came here to do, <laughs> and uh, I hope uh, that you have enjoyed the show today. I want to thank those of you who participated, <coughs> and all of you simply sit back and listen. And as I said, listen up to the House of Assembly, uh, the opening of the House tomorrow. Some good news is there. You need it, indeed. And uh, join me again on Friday, God's Best Life, when we hope to have yet another very informative, entertaining, educational expressions. God bless you.